Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hour three on a magnificent Monday. PJ Glasser and Ken Barkley here with you. We had Drew Densick on the Whale Capper earlier from NBC Sports Edge. Make sure you go check out that interview on the You Better You Bet podcast. Get all your info as we have reached the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. Drew had a lot of great stuff there. We are breaking down the rookie of the year markets here on You Better You Bet. We just talked about the National League, talked about Corbin Carroll and Ellie De La Cruz. That's time to get into the American League, Ken, which is a lot more fascinating of a race, a lot more sure. wide open. You do have your leader, Josh Jung, who is going to be one of the five starters that the Texas Rangers will have out there in the All-Star game tomorrow night representing the American League. Uh, Yoshida from the Red Sox comes in as the second betting favorite, plus 275. And then Gunnar Henderson, who was the favorite to start the year, got off to a slow start for the Orioles, has turned into the Gunnar Henderson that we all expected him to be at plus 300. Then you have Hunter Brown in there as well, 16-1, to 1, Tanner Beebe, 30-1, to 1, Anthony Volpe, Zach Neto at 50-1. to 1. But Ken, this really appears to kind of be a three-horse race between Jung Yoshida and Gunnar Henderson. So when you break down AL Rookie of the Year, what are your thoughts on those three guys? Yeah, it definitely feels like it's not as decided as some of the other ones, right? It seems like, a, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just even at the, want to call this the, what, 65% poll, 60% poll, right? We play like 90, 92 games, something like that. Um, so like 60%, if you want to just say like, all right, how far ahead is the favorite in all the award markets? Be like, man, Otani might get traded, but he's so far ahead. It's like not even funny. Uh, it might break the AL record for home runs still if he plays in the American yeah. League. So like as long as he doesn't get traded, he is impossibly far ahead. Acuna has created a giant separation between him and probably Mookie Betts is the second most likely player to win. I guess almost assuredly Mookie Betts is the second most likely player to win. Um, the award we just talked about, NL Rookie of the Year, like, yeah, Corbin Carroll might get hurt. Also, he miraculously didn't have his shoulder get injured and he's still playing. And if that's still true, then he's far ahead, even of Ellie De La Cruz. And this is one where it's like, all right, Josh Young is ahead. Definitely. Even by like my very robotic, well, just use the war and that's it. It's actually grown in the last couple of weeks, the margin that he has separated but like between him and the other players. So like, but it's also, he's played the whole year and he just, he strikes me as like the like steady candidate. Like if nothing, if no one becomes a star, which is probably insulting to Josh Young because he's like a really good player, but like if no one really pops and if no one has like a final three months to remember, then he just wins. <laughs> it just, it's just pretty easy. He just wins. Um, he is absolutely a worthy favorite. 
he should maybe be a little shorter than this because I think all the pitchers have no chance and they're all being kind of like rated in this 15, 20, 30. It's like all of them got no shot. None of them project well. Hunter Brown's the best. He blew up the other night and like against Seattle. And it's just like, it's, what was it Seattle? It was somebody else. And then, uh, but like, it just, none of them, like Hunter Brown's the one that makes the most sense, but like he makes very little sense versus some of these other position players. So like, should Young be even? Like I, I bet him 170 the other day for more just to build more on him versus the other guys I have. And I think I bet it 170 to 155 and 155 to like 140. And then somebody else did the work after that. And I, I can't tell you that it shouldn't be shorter than this. He does project to be about three quarters of a run better than Gunnar Henderson at the end of the year right now, like a sizable gap. Now, the reason why projecting more is difficult, really why you can't just do that and be done with it, is that if you kick the first 30 games of Gunnar Henderson and only use like the good part, and we just like say, well, what if he's doing what he did the last three weeks? Like you mentioned, he's so, so much better recently. Well, then it gets really murky and really kind of like it's the difference between them, maybe zero when we get to the end of the year. And I don't know who wins the tiebreak between them. The one thing I still feel really confident in is I've approached this all the time. Like I think Yoshida has no chance. He projects far behind those two players, even despite playing much better recently. Uh, he has a multi-hit streak going, I think, of about six games, which has allowed him to close the gap a little bit more projection-wise. Still projects almost two full runs behind Josh Young at the end of the year. Uh, is about a three-win player uh, on paper right now at the end of the year. And Josh Young is almost a five-win player at the end of the year. So I, I think Yoshida remains the mispriced guy, and his likelihood of winning is not this, despite a crazy hot streak he's on right now. He homered the other night, too. Um, so I think Young and Gunner down the stretch is so likely. Uh, we can talk about a couple other players that have an outside shot of beating them, but I, I think it's it's starting to look like Young should be even shorter of a favorite. I could make a pretty good argument for minus right now or close, like even or 110. And with Gunner, probably the only player who can catch. Um, but that's, yeah, I think a two-horse race more than a three-horse race is how I'd still describe it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think Gunner, the way he has played here the last like month and a half has definitely made it interesting. Yoshida's kind of been steady really the whole season i mean he's one of the best hitters in baseball but he's definitely playing on the worst team of the three between gunner and young even though obviously the, the team and the success tends to not really determine this award like you've highlighted it, it tends to go to the war so yeah i mean the season young's having he, he's got the highest war by far of all of them right now it's looking like he has a 2.7 he has great power numbers he's hitting a pretty good average um, and like I said, he's a starter in the all-star game, having a really good first half. Um, so do you think, so you were saying you think Gunner kind of has the second best chance. You, Yoshida, like, what is he going to kind of have to do? Because it really seems like Young and Gunner have, like, the most pop, essentially. Like, you were talking about maybe there's a guy who is going to have to go on a big run, like, kind of has sure. the pop, the flair. Yoshida just kind of seems like he's just like steady, you know, just a professional hitter. He gets on base. He hits for a good average, but there's really no flair to his game. Do you think that kind of like almost hurts him in a sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's uh, it's not just that like, oh, well, like the voters would prefer someone who who makes like flashier plays. It's less that. And look, like you could be like, man, it talks a lot about war projection. Like, is there anything else to this? Look, I don't make the rules. I, I wish it was more interesting than that. I wish there was more going on. It just, in the history of the award, there isn't. 
like solving this solves the award. Like that's what you're supposed to do. And the way Yoshida plays doesn't allow him to accumulate at the same rate as the other guys. Like Gunnar Henderson, what did he do the other day? Like four for five with two home runs or something? Like I yeah. just, it's, yeah. you, you're, Yoshida's very unlikely to have those games that pop like that. And right. I don't mean pop like a voter's like, ooh, that guy. I mean more like, no, the number just goes up faster. Now he's had, he's in a, his, the thing that he has going for him is he is at this exact moment in his best stretch of the season. So he can continue to close the gap and make me like completely eat my words. Like if he does this the whole rest of the year, let's say the multi-hit streak goes for 10 more games. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm in a tough spot here. Cause like, he's going to really start gaining on these players. He's very far behind right now, a full win behind Josh Young using either projection. Um, and you don't, you can't just make that up. Like unless you're Shohei Otani, you can't just make that up in like a week or something. It just doesn't really happen. And, uh, and so it's just like, yeah, like I, I think Yoshida remains, I'll still say, I think he has no chance just cause like he's played almost eight, like 80 games. It just seems like so so unlikely he just turns into something now for for three months, but that could happen. Uh, I'll still say he has no shot. I do believe firmly he's the worst bet on the board. No question about that. You know, if you want to bet, if you want to bet Gunner, he projects close enough to Josh Young. I don't think it's the worst, and the price is better. Do I think Josh Young should be shorter? Yes. Uh, and then my last thing would just be. Again, if you just play this out a little bit, like Zach Neto was a really interesting player until he got hurt and he's been he's been out for so long. Feels like his chances are really like on life support, at least, of of winning the award. But like, you know, all right, two other players that are somewhat interesting real quick. And then, you know, I don't know if you agree with these PJ. Jake, I'm sure, has a bunch of thoughts here too. Uh got a lot of notes about Anthony Volpe, like coming on so the the story of his season again one of the reasons why world projection is difficult is because some some catalyst can happen something can change uh was like brutal one of the worst everyday players in baseball probably for the first like 45 games of the season really bad um <clears throat> fundamentally changed his swing in i don't know like 35 games ago or something and from that point forward all of the splits are it's like a it's like a different player uh and he's started to hit at a much 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 more efficient rate and starts to get on base way more. And you're seeing that in terms of like his projection, like he's now kind of in this second group of these three to four win players that are behind Josh Young and, and Gunnar Henderson. So I don't think Volpe is like really close right now, but I think if he keeps it again, if he kind of like Gunnar Henderson, if he keeps hitting like this for the next 70, like how he's hit the last 20, he's a player who could make things more interesting, which is crazy if you watched his April and May that like he could project like that. So he's one and he's 50 to one. He is definitely has a better chance to win than the pitchers that are ahead of him. And he honestly, he projects identically to Yoshida right now. I actually have them within 0.01 war of each other at the end of the year, if they play at the same clip. So to give you an idea, one guy's 275, one guy's 50. Like you tell me what the better bet is in, uh, in that yeah. situation. And then the, the second guy, would be uh, Michael Garcia, who's the third baseman for the Royals, who 0, 0.0 people, like I think, know exists still right now. Uh, he projects to almost have the same war at the end of the year as Gunnar Henderson currently. And he, he has been up for not very long. I believe he is like Ronald Acuna's cousin, I think is something that I read the other day. Uh, he has been awesome. He's been really good. Steals bases, bats lead. Uh, they moved him to the leadoff spot two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago. He's been great. Um, I don't know if he's going to get there. He doesn't project to be better than the other two. But again, these are like two guys. So it's kind of like, it's, I think, best case, or like most likely case. It's Young and Gunner down the stretch. And if Volpe or Michael Garcia, like, really 
kind of like turn it on, they have the potential to pass both of those players. I don't think that's likely to happen, but those are big, big, big prices where like, hey, if the first two weeks out of the break, Volpe's got four home runs, Michael Garcia's like stealing bases, hitting home runs, still batting leadoff, like it can get really close and the market like will be very resistant to those guys. Volpe, maybe not because he plays for the Yankees, but I don't think anybody knows Garcia exists right now, which is kind of remarkable because he's actually been really good. Mm. All right. Interesting guys to watch out for there. Jake Kassam, what about you? You got your thoughts on the uh, National League Rookie of the Year. What do you think about the AL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Ken. I think it's going to be most likely scenario is it's Young and Gunner, and they're awesome. I actually think that we have more room for Gunner to hit his ceiling here. I think you saw a flash of that last week when he had that two-home run game. Not to say that Young doesn't have more wiggle room to hit higher peaks, but I think we're, we've seen closer to that ceiling for him. I still think there's way more room for Gunner to be even better still. And it's just a matter of if he kicks it into that gear, which I think is likely because we saw it last year in a small sample size in the second half after he was called up. And he was really, really awesome. And we started mentioning him in the same breath as Corbin Carroll. And as far as leading this market, wire to wire like Corbin Carroll has done. Gunner obviously did not have the start that Carroll has, but you're starting to see that. I still think that Gunner is probably my guy who I'm willing to throw, you know, my proverbial dice in with or whatever you want to say like my hat in that ring he's the guy like <laughs> ra- ride with. but th- that we're gonna do yeah i don't know where i was going with that my brain no, broke for a I second like- but yeah but he's like my guy and obviously he's been my guy for a couple months but i do have positions on young i agree on volpe though too like i've gotten a couple messages about him as well i think he's gonna get that new york bump at some point but I don't think he's going to win. I think this that that valley was so so bad. Yeah. He has such a hole to climb out of. Sure much does. more like, and I don't think his ceiling is as big as high as Gunner's either. Again, I don't think he pops as much as Gunner, so I don't think he can climb out of that hole as easy. And also, his hole was way deeper than the hole that Gunner dug himself into. So Volpe's interesting. I think the price is likely to come down. I just don't think he's going to win. I do think it's a two horse race. Gunner's teammate, Ken, I remember when uh, Yanir Cano was like a thing. Jeremy Kahn uh, came I, on I one wish of the he shows on thing. Ben- oh, I have so man. much money on remember- him to win like a million dollars. I wish I wish he was the thing. Yeah. Jeremy Kahn was talking about how, you know, Yanir Cano, when he like the first month and a half of the season, his war was just incredible. And he thought like he had a, a shot to maybe do it. He needed to take the closer spot. He needed Batista to like melt. And in fact, they're both just awesome. That's the problem. They're both yeah, just like really, really good. Jake, Jake yeah. hopped off for a second. I'll ask you this question first, PJ. We have like a minute left. Young and Gunnar Henderson end up in close to a statistical tie, like plus minus 0.2 war, 0.1 war, something like that. Both teams are really good. They're probably both going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think wins in that situation? Like what, what would voters do with a tie between those two? I think they would probably give it to Gunner. I agree. I think they would. Yeah. I think Jake, do you would. agree with that? I I agree with that as well. I think voters will want to reward the Orioles in some way, and the Rangers are going to win AL West. So. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind I guess of... that makes Gunner the bet right now. Like, if you have no money in the market, which I, I think a lot of people have money in the market, but if you have nothing, it's probably like, honestly, Young and Gunner should probably both be less. Because Yoshida shouldn't be 275. Now that it's small margins, but that's like really bridge for And Volpe should probably be a tiny bit shorter. You better, you bet. Jeopardy on the way next. We're going to do that here. PJ Glasser and Ken Barkley. 